Set. We are recording. Oh God! You didn't just record that. No, did I you? didn't. Okay, I don't need any evidence of that <laughs> sentence ever being there. <laughs> um, Previously on Booze and Buffy, and um, he is also openly gay, which is nice. Good I mean, him. like it's it is what it is, but also it's nice. Yeah. Um, I just like it when attractive people play for my team, and maybe I can have sex with them. You're married. Maybe I can have sex with them. Then Camps is like, oh, I'm hungry. And, and Xander yeah. says, cafeteria's closed, Cam. He's like, not for me. And like, <laughs> that's supposed to be impressive. I, and he like, just fucking walks into the cafeteria. I was like, I, I literally said, as we were watching the episode, I went, weird flex, man. <laughs> um, oh, man, that first scene with the, with the swim team is going to kill you. Fine by me. Love to be killed by a swim team. <laughs> Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We'll be having spoilers for the episode that we're currently on, but we will do our absolute best to not spoil any future episodes, which is going to be really damn hard this week. Uh (laughs) I'm Jason, and I never ever want to work at a Sunnydale museum. (laughs) I'm Harrison, and I'm just a guy in an alley... Sucking on some booby blood. <laughs> Jason, what episode are we watching? We are watching season two, episode 21, Becoming Part One. And uh, this is, as I've mentioned before, this is like my part one of my favorite episode mm-hmm. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. and Part one of my third favorite. Okay. Um... Was it uh, the gift and the, and body. the body? Yeah, yeah. Look at look at us knowing each other. Um, it's like we've been friends for ten years, and the major cornerstone of our friendship was the show. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say that's not true, but uh, um, this is the one where the fight between Angelus and Buffy starts to reach its climax, mm-hmm. and. Uh, really hard to say anything beyond that without getting like into the episode and this is actually kind of a special episode for me because uh for newer viewers like the first my first appearance on this podcast was as a guest on the season one episode angel where we begin to see we find out the first little bits about his origin and now it seems like everything has led up to this yeah and yeah, I'm like I'm so oh, excited to talk about this. I am too. Uh, Becoming Part One was written and directed by Joss Whedon, a shock, <laughs> and originally aired on May twelfth, nineteen ninety eight. I got it right, ninety eight. You 80. did. All right, play that intro music. Who's <laughs> and Buffy? Alright, Jason, why don't you tell our listeners what we're drinking this week? Uh, we are drinking some wonderful martinis mm-hmm. supplied by Mr. Harrison Kaufman. Yeah. Been in a real martini kick recently. Um, John's at some point gonna, next time we do martinis, I was gonna buy some like, like nice gin, like some Bombay Sapphire or something. Uh, I don't know, so Seagram's just, isn't too bad. It's not bad, but like, you know. We're not drinking like the kings that we are. Uh, We're just drinking like a duke. <laughs> uh, my martini is garnished with an olive. Yes, my martini is not garnished because I do not like olives and we didn't have any uh, 
really anything else that could be a garnish. Harrison's Harrison's favorite martini garnish is okra. I had I literally had forgotten that about that until like you mentioned it. Well, I remember because uh, we were over at John's parents, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you tried that, and you're like, "This is really good." I tried it as well. I also think it's really yeah. good. I still prefer olives, but hey, the, like, experiment with your garnishes. The okra just like. After I was finished with the martini, the okra tasted really good. <laughs> well, yeah, because it had been sitting in gin and vermouth. <laughs> was, it, was it pickled, or do you remember, or was it just fresh okra? I can't remember. I don't remember that. We want some fried okra from Indies now. That sounds so good. But anyway, um, wait a minute. We're talking about a show, right? <laughs> I we were just talking about okra. <laughs> All right. So, uh, toast. Here's to Drusilla's manicure. Oh, cheers. That's a deep cut. <laughs> oh, it's a deep cut. Kendra's neck. It's a good martini, sir. Thank you. So, um, this episode is very interesting because it starts off with a flashback to a very interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Uh, what Galway. Galway. Um, in uh, 1798? 53. Damn. So close. <laughs> I just watched this. Come on. Um, and we also get a voiceover from a character that, for a minute, I thought it was Oz. I do every time. And, and, I'm like, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why would he be doing this? And then I remember, the, like, wait a minute, Jason. You've seen this episode yeah. a few times. No, I the first time I ever watched it, I was like, okay, weird choice to have Oz narrate this. But I mean, uh, all right, sure. Maybe Seth Green just happened to be near the vo- the recording studio that day, and they're like, "Hey, hey Seth, we need you to do some reading. <laughs> Might be in the show." Um, but yeah, it is a, a character named Whistler. Yes, I feel like every time we have a voiceover in an episode of Buffy, it's a big one. Yeah, especially if it starts with a voiceover, yeah. like Passion. I think was our last mm-hmm. one. Um, definitely agree. Um, but uh, we are in Galway, Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, two young men get thrown out of a tavern for being too rambunctious. Yep. One of them uh, passes out, and the other one is our boy. Our boy. Uh, not Angel, though. Not Angel, though. Not Angelus. Um, does, have they revealed his name yet? Um, uh, I think, I, I think it's, we know it. It's not a huge spoiler. Yeah, but, let's go for uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his name's Liam. And uh, he is kind of just saying, like, oh, let's move on to our... Oh, wait a minute. I shouldn't do that. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. I mean, David uh, Boreanaz shouldn't it, do it either. Yeah. In, all, in all fairness, uh, David Boreanaz did try because he's mentioned before, like, when he gave Buffy the Clotter Ring, like, hey, this is a thing for my people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Clotter Rings are Irish. So we know... we it is now confirmed yeah. that a- Angel was originally Irish. Yeah. And uh, he sees a beautiful woman. Ooh, so beautiful. In a very, very uh, nice dress. Mm-hmm. Might very add, like... booby dress. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> uh, but, um, and she's standing in an alley. And this turns out to be somebody we haven't seen in a while. Darla. Yeah. Because love, her, uh, love to see her. Yeah, uh, we literally and, have not seen Tarla since she was killed in Angel. Yeah, and uh, also a reminder that remember that Darla is the one who mm-hmm. turned Angel into a vampire, which we actually get to see. Yeah, it's cool. 
Um, she, you know, I mean, it's not difficult to see how this happens. He's a drunken wastrel and she's a super hot girl. Super hot titty blonde. <laughs> like, um, but she uh, bites him and then she cut, like, cuts herself just above her cleavage with her fingernail. And then shoves his face right into yeah, them. Just total motorboat. <laughs> um, and she says to him, she says, close your eyes. We'll just leave that there. Till next week. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a little emotional already. Anyway, um, anyway, yeah, this is uh, I love that this is how the episode oh, it's opens. it's a great way to start. Yeah, and um, obviously this kind of like shows that there are going to be flashbacks to Angel's life mm-hmm. for the episode. Um, They're very and, illuminating. Yeah. And some of it, like some, some, these, some of these are things we already knew. Like... Um, the Romani curse. The Romani curse. Uh, how he... Um, how he turned... Uh, Drusilla, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the, the mere fact that Darla turned him into a vampire. Some of these are things we know, and I, I, I like how we'll get when we. Uh, never mind. I'll wait till we get to okay. like the Drusilla flashback yeah. later. Um, no, I was just say most of these things we know. So it's nice. I love that the the la- our last flashback is something we didn't know. It yeah, is I love the last flashback yeah. so much. Um, the, uh, but I do want to say this obviously puts things in a very interesting light because um, up to this point, like since Innocence, we have only seen Angelus. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we had like the little brief moment where he was possessed by uh, uh, Grace and in I Only Have Eyes for You, Uh, but we've only seen him as Angelus. We've almost like forgotten that Mm -hmm. he can be, oh, remember he used to be a good guy, Uh, which kind of comes up later. Um, so we then flash forward mm-hmm. to present day, present day, Sunnydale, 1998, you! <laughs> 1989, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and Buffy is, um, fighting some of, uh, Angel's crony vampires yep. while Angelus watches on doing his creepy doing thing. His thing. I gotta say the evil smiles from David Boreanaz in this episode are on point. Oh yeah, he is a creep. <laughs> um, I've got our first Buffy wiki weirdness. Yes. Um, Buffy tries to send a war message to Angelus via a vampire who refuses to do the chore. <laughs> Buffy wiki, you're so wonderful. Love you, Buffy wiki. Um, so yeah, she's she wants this vampire to... Um, to send a message, and this vampire is apparently a petulant child, um, according to the wiki. I'm nobody's messenger boy! <laughs> he doesn't actually say that, I don't think he gets any lines. Nope, they weren't going to pay that actor anymore than they had to. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, she stakes him, and as we said, Angelus watches creepily. Uh, Giles visits a museum... Um, he's been called in as the authority on ancient relics. Yeah, which, sure. If I worked at a, li- at a museum and someone was like, oh, call the high school librarian, he's the authority, I'd be like, 
They probably like put forth like <laughs> his name before they put forth I mean, his like current <laughs> occupation. Um, but they've got a big stone block, mm-hmm. um, and um, they they it, it, basically it opens. Um, but Giles convinces them to hold off before on opening it. While he wants he to does translate some the research. Text. Yeah, which smirt like. Yeah. You know, just don't don't just open a box you find. You Believe it or not, like ninety eight percent of the time, Giles makes the right decisions. Yes, yeah. um, it's it's really great that ninety eight percent of the time because it it counters very nicely with the two percent of the time that Xander makes good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I I hate talking about Xander in this episode. It's a rough one, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but first, we go to the. Uh, did you have anything else you want to say about the museum scene? Not really. I'm just setting up some more stuff. This whole episode, as you said, was is kind of set up, yeah. but it is such it's really good, good setup. setup. Just like yeah. surprise, is a lot of setup, mm-hmm. but it's really good setup. It works. But yeah, we have um, we have a, a scene in the cafeteria where Xander is uh, reenacting the fight with Buffy and the vampires. Oh yeah, listen. I almost I'm forgot gonna... to mention Xander was there in that first oh, opening yeah, fight. He was, but he was as usual completely fucking useless. <laughs> I will say, guys, um... I am I have no mercy for Xander this episode. I'm gonna say one potentially controversial pro Xander thing. This bit with the fish sticks is fucking funny. Like, <laughs> were they fish sticks or like? I thought they were like mozzarella sticks. They're or fish something. sticks. Okay, because um, Cordy later when he like. Oh yeah, she says you have fish hands. See, like, I thought that was a reference to go fish, which just happened. <laughs> That's fair, but um, they, but, <laughs> but yeah, and like, and and we have Oz. We have Oz for the Oz first time since bad. phases. Um, and no, he was in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. My um, bad. But yeah, <laughs> when he like decks Xander. <laughs> so you've got Xander and Cordelia. Xander is reenacting using. Um, uh, fish, sticks. fish sticks and toothpicks and um, he appears to be drinking a high C um, whoa flashback dude I still drink high C uh, I do you drink them out of the juice box though? no no like they um, they're pop they're popular on like the soda fountains now especially raising mm. canes where I get my chicky thingies um, so we've got <laughs> Sander and Cordy um and Willow on Oz's lap. Ooh, super scandal. adorable. And um, and Willow or Oz, one of them appears to be drinking a Sunny D. Um, I was really like focused on what was on their tray. <laughs> well, once you see high C, you gotta see what's going on. Um, and then a plate of something. I don't know what the fuck it was. It looked like brown goo. Um, but next to it is Buffy. I thought you were going to say the animal crackers. Oh, fuck. And the animal crackers. <laughs> More fucking animal crackers. Why? Why the animal crackers? I mean, why? I Especially since their animal crackers aren't even crackers. They are cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not even good. Uh, I feel like if I'm in the right mood, I could be down for some animal crackers. And you would eat animal crackers. I feel like maybe we've had this discussion, but did you always eat them head first? Because I always did. No, I just like I uh, usually like ate them whole. Uh, animal crackers and Teddy Grahams. Just, oh, I would dude. always bite the head so off. So at work, um, we have like a snack drawer, and uh, 
and like recently it's been uh, refilled with stuff and one of the mm. things are like a birthday cake flavored uh, Teddy Grahams mm, and I yum. had some of those for at work this morning awesome I would also sometimes if I didn't eat the head first sometimes I would eat the arms and legs first <laughs> alright you might be a sociopath <laughs> maybe um, so they are um you know, they're, they're reenacting this. It's a fun moment. And then... Um, Buffy's really worried because Buffy's, finals are coming up. Finals are coming up. And she's stressed. Like, she hasn't had time to study. I, fair. Like, yeah. Fair point. Uh, but Willow... Willow. What a pal. She offers to help her study. Uh, you know, she... She can't just take the test for Buffy like I'm sure she'd like to do. But, um, yeah, because was... she already did like the she already did her homework for in uh, Killed by Death. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's this? Uh, Principal Snyder comes in and yells at them all, and um, he he says, like, something like, this Is there a, a shortage of seats? Is there a shortage of chairs? And Will goes, Not that I've read about, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, gets off Boss's lap quickly, and then, um. He says, like, this is not a place for socializing. It's no, a he says this is not an orgy. It's oh, a classroom. Not an orgy. And I don't know if it's an acting choice or just what she had to do to get through the scene, but Charisma Carpenter is, like, biting her lip <laughs> when he's saying all this. And I'm like, you, I'm pretty sure she's trying to keep from laughing. And Buffy's um, like, yes, a classroom where they teach lunch. <laughs> just give me everything to kick you out, Summers. Yeah, he is uh, just a dick. Awful. And then, um,. He, as he walks away, Drusilla refers to, or Drusilla, God, <laughs> take, okay. You are so bad at this. Harrison misnames a character, take a drink. <laughs> um, Cordelia refers to him as an impotent little Nazi <laughs> with a bug up his butt the size of an emu. <laughs> and Buffy, in particular, like is really like, like into that description, <laughs> like sums it up. Good job. Um, so this is where we get our, our Drusilla flashback, um, and uh, Drusilla, young Catholic girl, she goes into a confessional booth uh, just as Angelus finishes killing the priest. Yep, and, and then he poses as a priest. That's crime. Thank <laughs> <laughs> certainly fraud. Um, she confesses that she... I think um, we'll get over the fraud when you think about the murder <laughs> beforehand. <Nope. laughs> he just committed, like, felony fraud. <laughs> um, he tells her, or she tells him that she had a vision of a cave-in at the mines. Um, that she thinks she's evil because of it. Her I mother lo- tells her she's evil. I love Juliet Landau in this scene oh, so because good. I feel like we're so used to seeing her be like the super like crazy Drusilla. Mm-hmm. Then now we see her in like, Who she was. Yeah. And which I think might be the only time in both series that we Ooh, see that. I think you're right. I, I don't because I'm like thinking of all the flashbacks and I all and I think like they're all like post yeah Angelus uh, turning Drusilla. I think you're right. I think yeah. I think you're right. Um, and it's and it's almost like 
like we've seen Drusilla get like really scared, um, but it's like always crazy scared. Yeah. But like now she like she's actually like fearful for her soul. Yeah. And of course, like Angelus doesn't do anything to help out. With uh, that. He actively makes it worse. He tells her she's a devil child, and um, to just she should get into it. Yeah, yeah, be evil. Um, and. Uh, finally, she's like, no, father, no. <laughs> uh, and he lets her go with an art, ten our fathers and an act of contrition. Um, do you remember how the act of contrition goes? Um, I know. I believe father. in one God, the father, the almighty creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. Um, something, something born of the Virgin Mary. Uh, Died for our sins, rise on the third day, believe in the Holy Spirit, Holy Catholic Church. I feel like I feel like I'm like getting this mixed up with the Nicene Creed because they Maybe. are two different prayers and the Nicene Creed is what you say at Catholic Mass after the um, homily. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like that. That's so still pretty impression impressive because I I could do an Our Father like pretty easily, but yeah. um, I think I can still do an Our Father in German if I tried. Nice. We um, had to do, in one of my Spanish classes, we had to learn the uh, Hail Mary in Spanish. Well, we always, like, um, Harrison and I both went to Catholic high schools, and uh, you always open up class to the prayer. Well, mostly open up class to the prayer. Oh, every class? We did. Oh, we Um, didn't do that. There there were some classes that we didn't, but... uh, We always had one at the beginning of the day, like, when, like, announcements happened or mm -hmm. whatever, but yeah. No, we would always open up... uh, um, German class with the Our Father in German. Oh, very cool. But we also did learn the uh, the Hail Mary in German too. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, how quickly can you rattle off the uh, the Catholic pre dinner prayer? Bless us, O Lord, for these. I guess what you're about to receive from thy bounty, the Christ our Lord. Lord. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you we... say it as quickly as you can because it's time to eat. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, uh, <coughs> my, my parents are still practicing Catholic, so, uh, whenever I go visit them and we have, like, a meal, like, that's usually yep. the only time that I say it. Same, same like Surprise, fam- surprise, I'm a lapsed Catholic. <laughs> um, so, this flashback pairs very nicely, as you mentioned, with, you know, the innocence of Drusilla, because we get out of it onto present-day Drusilla. Yeah. Um, I also really like the choice of not showing him turning Drusilla. Yeah. Because I feel like that would have been, for lack of a better word, overkill. And we already know. What yeah, we, we've already seen somebody turn into a vampire this episode. Yeah. So. Um, they, uh, Drusilla does this whole bit where she's like, something, and then you see, um, the moon has told me. me. <laughs> and Spike's like, she read it in the paper. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Drusilla gives this little like grin at when he says that. And it's like he's just like very mischievous. Like, and I just love this idea that Drusilla like reads in the paper and then it's like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pretend I had a vision. Like, <laughs> so um, they um, they decide that maybe they should visit the museum. I bet they did not pay admission. Probably not, because it looked like they visited it after hours. Mm-hmm. That's a crime, too. 
Breaking and entering. <laughs> we keep track of all the crimes this week. Um, oh man, we're gonna slap a lawsuit on you so hard. <laughs> Fraud. Breaking and entering. Also, that. several counts of homicide. <laughs> Stalking. <laughs> um, in the uh, computer lab, Willow's helping her study. Helping Buffy bus, study. Helping Buffy study. And, um, Willow is the best. Yeah. Like, welcome to Willow is the best corner. So, Buffy's struggling, and she's like, this doesn't make any sense. It's nonsensical. And Willow's like, no, no. And then she, like, picks up the work that Buffy does, and she's like, well, you're right. No, it doesn't make sense. Um, But Buffy calls herself a moron, and Willow is like, she puts an end to that right away. She's like, no, you're not stupid. You've just got a fuck ton on your mind. And then she was like... And we're here to learn, and if you don't want to learn, get the hell out of my classroom. Yeah, stop wasting my time. Stop wasting my time, yeah. And Buffy is impressed. I'm impressed. This is week three of Willow Power Top. (laughs) (laughs) She's in full control. Um, Buffy drops her pencil, and it falls onto the ground next to the uh, Chekhov's floppy disk. (laughs) (laughs) Now... Buffy picks up her pencil and at first you're like, oh god damn it. God damn it, Buffy. But then like she says deja vu. Now have we seen the vision where she has dropped her pencil? I don't think so. Because I, I could easily see that having been like, because Buffy's had a few visions. Yeah, season. I don't remember that ever being one of the, her visions or one of her, or in one of her dreams. Okay. Um, that I can think of. But either way, it's enough for her to like. Uh, reach down for her, let her pencil fall again, reach down, and then see mm-hmm. Chekhov's floppy disk. Yeah. Or in this case, Miss Calendar's floppy yeah. disk. Um, they put it into the disk drive, and um, they, this, we learn, or well, we already knew, but um, they learn that uh, Jenny had been translating this ritual of restoration. Um, so... That's now good. is this, this does this lead into the flashback to the uh, Romani? It, it does. God, this episode's so well written. It's so good, and it, it just flows. It, um, you know, it not a sing. Is there like I'm trying to think? Is there a single thing about this episode that doesn't work? Like maybe just Xander's existence? Like no, because like but even Xander that is useful. Yeah, like, it's it's annoying. But it is necessary yeah. because um, he does bring up a point, which we, let's go ahead and move into the scene sure. so I can start my tirade. Yeah. But do we uh, want to do the Romani oh, flashback yeah, I first? Oh, yeah, forgot my bad. Um, so this is where, you know, we've got Angelus has just killed the Romani, um, the young Romani girl. And um, the... Uh, He's running through a field. Yeah, and as the curse is being placed mm-hmm. on him. And... Um, he, the Romani elder kind of comes in, basically gloats, and it's like, you're going to feel... Well, they've always been about that vengeance. They have. Um, you know, and they're going to feel... He's going to remember and feel remorse for every single crime he's committed, particularly impersonating a priest. Um, <laughs> so like, oh my god. And stalking. God's going to be so mad at me. Um, but... Uh, to quote what Angelus said while posing as a priest, <laughs> no amount of Hail Marys can get you out of this one. <laughs> um, so, that, I mean, that's the entirety of that flashback. It's it's pretty short. It's pretty to the point. But 
I um, like I like its placement in there. Yeah. I I love that. Here's all this stuff that has only been alluded to, and now like we get to see it, but it never feels like too much. Yeah. Um. I this is a this is a very very minor um spoiler. There is there are other flashbacks um in the future that put up provide a lot more context to to this flashback. Um, that I'm just really excited to get to all of those. Um, but but no, I think for this episode, this amount of information that we get is mwah, chef's kiss. And now we uh, now we go back to the library. To the library. All right, guys. There's a tirade coming on here. Uh, so uh, they Willow and Buffy fill the, the rest of the group in on what they discovered. So here's one thing. First, um, I'm a little disappointed uh, that we don't have Oz here. I feel like Oz would have been present for this. Maybe. Um, it, it just seems weird that he's in that first part of the episode, mm-hmm. but not with them when they're doing like yeah. the demon hunting and stuff like that. That's true, but I think Oz is still pretty new. Like, I guess. Um, and I also think a lot of this scene, what's really important is, especially once we get into this argument between them, Yeah. that... Um, this is a long lived in dynamic for this group of five people. Mm-hmm. Um, even Cordelia has yeah, emotional true. investment. I, I think Oz has less emotional investment okay. in this in this particular instance. I I will see that. Um, so I just I think I, I feel like I might be distracted if you was there just going like from a writing standpoint, going, well, why is Oz in this scene? Like it, it's it's very personal between these five. Yeah. Um but I, I see your point. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry, Oz does come back next week. <laughs> Willow, um, Willow basically is like, she's like, I can try to do this spell. I've been researching magic for fun. No, she's been researching the dark fun. arts. The dark arts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like not just magic, like the, the dark, dark arts. arts. And I like when Giles kind of looks at her like, uh, she's like for fun for educational fun. And he says um, that you need to be careful because this could open this much dark magic going through you could open up a door to some could open up a door that you yeah. can't close. Gee, she, I wonder if that's important. <laughs> and she kind of brushes him off. Um, and this is where she's we get... thinking she's thinking like obviously she's thinking about like oh our quickest way to save everything is save everyone is to like fix Angel but I think her number one priority is Buffy. I agree. Uh, she's definitely, I mean, in this scene, especially, she is absolutely on Buffy's side, um, during this argument and, um, provides a lot of, um, uh, like emotional support for her, um, and And gives Xander, like, dagger eyes. And then Xander says, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and... He says so many things, which to the untrained observer <laughs> may seem like, oh yeah, like he doesn't deserve forgiveness for what he's done. That being said, we all know why he's saying this. Yeah. He is saying this because he is still hung up on Buffy. He blames Angel for that. He has always felt fucking so goddamn insecure and so belittled by Angel yeah. because, oh, I'm not as strong as him. And guess what? You know what, Xander? You have a chance to be have a stronger character than Angel, but you don't. You blew it. 
you basic bitch. <laughs> so, um, are we giving are we, are we giving it to him right now? Oh man, this chat alert will not stop. Um, um, and he he says something specifically. The that, the thing that I think will piss off any viewer is um, Giles says that I think that wanting to reinsole Angel was Jenny's last wish, and then Xander just says, "Well, Jenny's dead." And that pisses Giles oh, off. Giles. Like Giles reaches where's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I I swear I think Giles. If Giles who, is about to punch, I was like, who inter, who who intervenes? Is it Buffy? I think it's Buffy. Um, yeah. Like I, if she hadn't, I think Xander would have been flat on his ass like with a black decked. guy. Like yeah, no, um, and and that's another reason why I hate this because Xander's acting like he was affected the most. By Ginny's death. Yeah. Like, even more than Giles. He's, like, trying to say, like, oh, everybody else has forgotten about this. And I'm like, yeah, you how, know what? It's like, how dare you? Like, Yeah, you that. have no right to claim that. You had absolutely no, like, real relationship with Ginny Calendar. The only people who should be, who deserve to, like, put forth, like, some mention of Ginny is Giles and Willow, maybe Buffy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Buffy's going to, like, immediately do that because of how she felt about Jenny. Um, But she also doesn't say anything to, like, detriment her or anything like that. It's, yeah, it's all rough. And, you know, that's the thing. I I think Xander has a point. I I, I think a discussion about should we reinsult Angel, I think could, I mean, I obviously think they should, and I think it's, it is a practical yeah. thing. I, I may, do, I may but... sound incredibly <laughs> biased say, because a, I've mentioned before that Angel's one of my favorite characters, not just in TV, but like just in fiction in general. But I will say this, and I think this is very important. There's so, it's so easy to automatically say that because of somebody's actions, they deserve to. Um, in, in, in one way or another, like, receive punishment for that, maybe even die. Yeah. But we, as humans, have no right to say that. I, I yeah. firmly believe this. I do not believe that any one of us is better than any other one of us, that we have the, that we have the right to determine whether somebody should live or die. And that's why I... That's one of the reasons, and I think the main reason that people should focus on on why we should reinstall Angel because there's yeah. been so much death. Oh yeah, because of all of this, and why not? And and why continue it with death? Yeah. Um, Xander also um, like kind of explodes at Cordelia, where she tries to kind of stand up for him. And, and that kind of gives it away. That kind of gives it away. Like, Xander just hates Angel. Yeah. And he's like, and now he's in this really nice little spot where like, oh, all the shit that he's done, like, I can use this now as justification for my hatred. Yeah. It's not good, Xander. But it makes for a riveting scene. Like, like this, this is the, this is the, this is probably like my second least favorite Xander moment in the series. And my... First least favorite Xander <laughs> moment happens next week. Um, scenes like this, though, are some of my favorite. In no, this scene though. is rad. The just locking your core characters in a room with 
something like this, something that's got a lot of heated emotions attached to it, and just let these actors go. Like, oh, it's it's, it's honestly it's like good. when Giles goes at Xander, oh. like it turns me. It on. breaks this atmosphere. <laughs> I listen. <laughs> I will not apologize. Hey, you're not the only one who's going after uh, Giles in this episode. <laughs> but later on that. But uh, no, it like it breaks this atmosphere because normally when the Scoobies are in the library together, they're like working out a problem, but they usually have like a lot of jokes or something like that. Yeah. But this is like serious shit. Yeah, there are no jokes on this scene. Yeah. Um, so... Um, Buffy leaves to clear her head, and who should she encounter? A girl, Kendra, the vampire slayer. Um, this they have a really fun moment where basically Buffy realizes that someone's near. Kendra jumps out and like attacks her. Buffy almost hits her, realizes who it is, and she's like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> she was like. Kendra's just like, saw you walking and thought I'd test your reflexes. Couldn't resist it. <laughs> I love her. Oh, she's great. I mean... Yeah. Um, but, uh... Her... She was sent to Sunnydale because, um... A dark power is about to rise. Uh, Buffy correctly guesses this. And also decides to imitate Kendra's accent again. Stop doing that, Buffy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it's just, it's nice to see Kendra back. Um, it is. One um, last time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I feel like if what happens to her in this episode doesn't happen, then we've got a, uh, a hanging thread of the mm-hmm. season. It also prevents like a fun storyline yeah. for the next season happening. I am, so I was actually going to ask you this when we got there, but uh, I'll just ask it now while we're talking about it. Like, I want to know your feel like, like you just kind of shared your feelings on it. So like about Kendra's death, for me, you're right. Um, the, my big thing is in retrospect, like having seen the whole show um, and knowing how the show turns out. Obviously, that has to happen, and I'm glad it did. But damn, it makes me wish we had more time. We spent more time with Kendra, yeah, um, while she was with us because it ultimately she's in. Four episodes. What's my line? Parts one and two. Becoming parts one and two. And in part two, she's a corpse. Yeah. And in part in, in what's my line part one, we don't know anything about her. It's really what's my line part two and becoming part one where we get any characterization or spend any time with her. And I think um there are many people who will say that uh killing somebody for the drama of it is um is not good writing but i think sometimes it works i Mm -hmm. think that kendra is at a level where um her death is impactful it's not meaningless yeah it and it also like raises the stakes i mean fuck yeah yeah like and uh because this is this is like the biggest thing that happens in buffy up to this point and and again, I I don't see her. I don't think her death is. Um, I don't think her death is wasted. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's, and also like it kind of, God, it it just kind of reminds you just how 
that Drewzilla can fight too. Oh fuck yeah! But yeah, we'll get to that. Um, yeah, I guess I'm like having trouble forming the words because I feel no, like they, I, there I have been so many times in TV where like a character is killed off just for like the hell of it. Yeah, and it kind of sounds Looking like I'm saying you, that. Walking Dead. <laughs> And it, it kind of feels like I'm saying like the same thing is happening with Kendra, mm-hmm. but but I, she wasn't killed just for the hell of it. Yeah, I think is I think that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, it, it intensifies the stakes. Yeah, it, it's important to the story. Yeah, and it, it also shows just like it, it like this is like it it pushes Buffy towards what happens in the next episode. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just wish we could have. I just maybe wish she just stuck around Sunnydale and just been a recurring character for the last four or five episodes. But, I mean, it's what it is. I mean, there's so much <laughs> other stuff going on. True. And, like, they had to have Angelus in every episode, even the uh, not, like, Angelus-centric plot. Yeah. So I feel like having Kendra there as oh, well. Oh, fuck. No, she should have come back in the last episode for a one-off that was not Go Fish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's fine. Um, while this is happening, Drusilla and Angelus go to the museum, kill the curator. Um, what do you think is a more dangerous job in Sunnydale? Magic shop owner, museum curator, or Sunnydale high teacher? Um, I, I want to say Sunnydale high teacher because I feel like a lot of the vampires seemed and demons seem to flock to the mm-hmm. school. I mean, it's on the hell now. So they're... yeah, um, I will say the museum curator is close because normally what you're getting tends to be a strange artifact of some magic value yep. that demons immediately want to grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's a. I've been reading the Buffy Boom comics, mm-hmm. um, which are very good. I really, really enjoyed you check them. Check those out. Really enjoyed them. Um, but that is actually a plot point in one of the issues is that um, Joyce gets something at her gallery that like the, the, the vampires want that causes the gallery to get attacked. Oh, boy. Um, and um, also, just fun wrinkle that the Buffy comic introduces is that from the beginning of the series... Joyce has a boyfriend, uh-huh. uh, which is a really fun dynamic to watch Buffy play with. Mm. Um, so I like. I really do need to check those out. I think there's like going to be a crossover soon between that and the Angel comic. I think there's. I think it's already happened. Okay, I'm several issues behind on both of them, mm-hmm. but um, and it's cool because they, intro- they like some characters have been introduced earlier and like like Spike, uh, like Spike and like Andrewsilla in. Um, they've kind of actually combined Drusilla and the Master. Like she's the mistress, All right? Um, and it's like they, they introduce some characters in like different ways, and as long as it's done well, it's do- I think it's done really well. I almost just said a huge spoiler. I was like. That's why I'm here, man. I'm here to like keep you keep you in line. Remember where we are. Um, so yeah, they kill him. Uh, by museum court curator, pour one out. Um, oh fuck! I forgot a line earlier when Drusilla comes into the mansion in the scene where they tell Angel about the her vision slash yeah. newspaper. She's like, "I met an old man. I didn't like him." He got stuck in my teeth. 
I love one thing I love too is like when she's talking about like her her vision or whatever of a Catholic and Angel's like Angelus walks in and like slaps Spike on the back of the head for no reason no, just to be a dick. Just to be a dick. <laughs> um so we we learn the story of a Catholic. This is um He's a demon that came to suck the world into hell. Um, a knight stabbed him in the heart before he could draw breath. And um, uh, that turned him to stone. But someone worthy can remove the sword and become king. I mean, awaken a Catla. <laughs> um, and Angelus so, wants you, to Have you been to Disney World? And, uh, yes, uh, but I haven't been since I was like six. Okay, so like uh, in Disney World, they a uh, fun little story. Uh, ben, who you guys met in uh, Indian Game Mummy Girl, and came back for uh, I Only Have Eyes for You, and uh, our mutual friend Alex, uh, we got into the habit like we 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 like doing Disney trips together, and uh, so the like when we went to Disney World a few years back, uh, the first like one thing I wanted to do a picture that I absolutely wanted to get was like the three of us tried to like get the sword out of, out of the stone and uh what was really funny was um uh a year or two after that we went to Disneyland and I'd never been there that was my first mm-hmm. time ever being that far out west and uh I wanted I knew that they had the sword and the stone there as well so we actually recreated our photo <laughs> of um, us all trying to pull the sword out of the stone. Fine. And yeah, no, it was a ton of fun. <laughs> I, and sorry, that like has no meaning in the episode. I just like thought like, it, it just made me think of that. <laughs> a fun memory. Um, so yeah, Angelus wants to end the world, which is, you know, um, feels like that escalated pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but I do think this is, this ties into... Um, just another reason to hate Go Fish ties into the ending of I Only Have Eyes For You how like violated he felt by that humanity he felt and he was really willing to go to extreme ends to uh, to to get rid of that feeling also um, obviously the episodes are called the episode this week and next week are called The Coming and that comes up a few times because uh, Angel wants to become, he thinks that everything that he has done has led up to this, mm-hmm. and he wants to become the reason that the world ends. Yeah. And big narcissist move. Yeah, but uh, this is very interesting because uh, are we up to our our next flashback? Uh, very nearly. There's just a, a quick scene where Kendra they they figure out the gang at this while this is happening has learned about the statue being stolen uh giles is research into it has led him to the same conclusion it's katla kendra brings a sword that was ble- uh the sword that was blessed by the same knight who stopped him the first time so now we have our flashback okay um which is now my we favorite get to... flashback oh my episode. gosh so i don't think this is a flashback that anybody was expecting mm-hmm. and uh it's it's a very special flashback because um in this uh we start off in manhattan Angel is yes. Angel is basically like chasing after a rat. Mm -hmm. Looks just not great. Yeah, but still oddly hot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, he's that dirty hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, 
he meets this guy who's basically just gives him a whole lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy turns out to be, as mentioned before, Whistler. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is the guy who did the opening, the opening voiceover. Not Oz. <laughs> Not Oz. And he says that like Angel has become like a rat, like a worthless rat chaser or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, Whistler says that he's a demon. But not all demons are bad. Yeah. Like, not all demons are worried about, like, ending the world or causing havoc or anything. And this is our first instance in the series of a little bit of gray thrown in into our uh, demon morality. Um, so, just food for thought. Uh-huh. No, what about Sid the Dummy? He wasn't a demon. Oh, he wasn't? Okay. He was a demon hunter who was turned, oh, okay. turned into a demon. Sorry, I haven't seen that episode in a long time. <laughs> um, the... But yeah, he says that he wants to show Angel something, mm-hmm. and uh, and he has a choice right now. He can either like become a like a bigger like useless piece of garbage, mm-hmm. or he can become something more. Yeah, there's that word becoming again. And he uh, he uh, and Angel drive to Los Angeles mm-hmm. in their nasty tented out car. Yep. Um and uh, it's a Chevrolet Impala, oh, according to the wiki. Look at that. <laughs> um, Angel stops outside of a school and rolls down a window, and we hear the voice of Buffy. Yeah, but this is pre-beginning of the show, Buffy. So that was a nice little surprise, yeah. and um, and this she is our courty is, Buffy. Yes, like she is absolutely just like beginning of the series. Cordelia is. Mm-hmm. And, um, that hair, (laughs) that outfit, that wig, (laughs) um, and then she's, uh, and then like she sits down on these steps and what is the name of the watcher? Uh, Merrick. Merrick. Mm -hmm. Now is that Donald Sutherland's character's name in the movie? I'm pretty sure. I think yeah, this is, is basically retconning the movie. It does retcon the movie. And you know, Joss Whedon has said that he considers his original script for the movie canon to the show yeah. and not the movie itself. But um, the backstory of, you know, but the Buffy's backstory is the movie, but like kind of broad strokes. Um, but I, I do believe that. The, her original watcher in the movie is also named Merrick. Um, I am pulling that up now. Um, and, you know, for listeners, maybe, just maybe, sometime in the future, we might do a, a special episode on the movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Could we? Could we? Um, um, it, yeah. And uh, while Harrison looks up his stuff... It, it uh, is Merrick. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's played by Richard Real. Mm-hmm. And you've probably seen him in something because he's been in yeah, a lot of stuff. Okay. The very fir- the very first thing that comes to mind for me is Office Space, where he plays Tom Smykowski, uh, who, uh, if the name doesn't sound familiar, he's the guy who made the jump to conclusions, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, uh, he is the grandpa on a early aughts sitcom called Grounded for Life. Oh yeah, I forgot about Grounded for Life. I was like, did you watch that show? I I saw it a little bit. It was always on like ABC Family, so I like yeah. I watched it a bunch there. Yeah, he was the grandpa on that. No, but he's been in 
so many things. Just look at his filmography right now. Yeah. And I also yeah. know he was in a, a movie version of, of Mice and Men that I watched in high school. Uh, was that the one with um, uh, Gary Sinise? I think so. Okay. From like the 90s, maybe? Or Yeah. I, um, also, just while I've got the movie's Wikipedia page um, pulled up, I forgot how stacked this cast is of like some people like who have become more famous since. But you've got Luke Perry, uh, Rucker Hauer, Donald Sutherland, Paul Rubens, Hilary Swank, um, <laughs> David Arquette. Stephen Root, uh, Ben Affleck as uncredited basketball player number 10. Really? Uh-huh. Ricky Lake has a cameo. Seth Green is, has an, is a, he plays an uncredited vampire. What? And um, Alexis Arquette plays a vampire DJ. So, yeah. like I love that. Um, yeah, Hilary Swank plays, like, Buffy's best friend or something. I okay. Um, kind of like Anna Kendrick in the... Uh... In the Twilight movies. Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. before she was famous. Yeah, it's she... like, you're clearly the most famous person to come out of this movie. Um, and, of course, Luke Perry would have been huge at that time. Um, oh, yeah, because he was still doing... Um, Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah, because that started in 90, and the movie came out. So he would have like just hit it really big for... Um, for Which means that. he would have been perfect as like the male lead. Yeah. Um, I do remember feel, like watching it and being like, ooh, mm-hmm. Um who seemed from all accounts just to be like a genuinely great guy. Yeah. From everything I hear. Um but so yeah, Buffy's watcher, Merrick, tells her, like, you're I'm here for your destiny. You're gonna fight the vampires, you're the chosen one. And she understandably is like, What? <laughs> um and they <laughs> The show wisely cuts to the next scene here, but for me, I always go, how'd the rest of that conversation go? Like, yeah, and it's it's Buffy fighting her first vampire, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, I've always thought that it's really sweet that Angel was kind of there for all of that. Yeah. And not only was he there, that's what inspires him to actually try to be good. Yeah. And it's... it's it's great, yeah. And that really does bring forth the, uh, again, that's debate that we talked about already about how complex a person's history can be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, while there is some merit to what Xander is proposing, like, we just need to kill him, like, is, and again, like, the series Angel will delve into this. It's the main theme of the yeah. series of Angel, like, do we deserve redemption? Like, is there a point too far where we can go? Or can we eventually be accepted into trying to do good? Yeah. Um, it's a complex discussion. And um, and I like that we're able Xander's to... not a good person to have it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we're able to see, like, the growth of... Through these flashbacks, we see the growth of Angel into this mm-hmm. person that wants to be better... While at the same time, we're seeing, like, Angel kind of, like, at his most evil when yeah. he's trying to kill, like, end the world. Um, on the subject of becoming, in this episode, we see how Liam becomes Angelus and how Angelus becomes Angel. Um, and how Angel, and how Angel, like, as Angelus, 
wants to become the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but we also get in this flashback a little bit seeing of how Buffy becomes who she is. Yes. Because the last part of this flashback is um, Buffy And I always home. forget about this part it's in the flashback. heartbreaking. Yeah. Buffy goes home. Her uh, Joyce is yelling at her for being out late. And then uh, when she goes, she goes into the bathroom and you just hear Joyce and Hank fighting. Because this is pre-divorce. Mm-hmm. And you know... We've always heard that the the end of Joyce and Hank's marriage was messy, but anytime we've seen the characters interact in the in the present, really we've only seen them interact once in the present in the um, the season two premiere. They seem to get along fine. Yeah, um, and you know Joyce never says anything um, nasty about Hank around Buffy um, which is good I mean that's how parents should handle divorce um, but so it is it is shocking to see that in this flashback even though we've heard about it just like we heard about what he did to Drusilla yeah. we heard about all these things and now seeing them and seeing how you know how broken Buffy is you know obviously that vampire was frightening and traumatized her but it's her parents fighting that it has her crying in the bathroom. Yeah, and um, I'm pretty sure that uh, this kind of like shows once again the pat. It like shows probably the beginning of the pattern of Buffy blaming herself for mm-hmm. everything that happens. I'm pretty sure that she blames herself for her parents' divorce. Oh, yeah, and because her parents got divorced around the time she started getting in trouble, and yeah, yeah. Um, Buffy does have a really great line when she meets Merrick. She's like, oh, are you from whatever store? Because I meant to pay for that lipstick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so seeing all this, he goes back to Whistler and he's like, I want to help her. Um, I I want... um, I want want you to teach me. Yeah, I want you to, like... I want to... Yeah, um, what does he say? I want to... Like... I want to learn from you, but I don't want. But to I don't want to like dress you. like you. <laughs> um. So, at, uh, in the present, Angelus try he kills a guy, uses spreads his blood on his hand, tries to remove the sword, uh, but gets blasted back by it. Uh, much to Spike's amusement. Somebody isn't worthy. <laughs> um, Drusilla is devastated, though. She's like, how are we going to end the world now? <laughs> <laughs> I love Drusilla tantrums. Oh, like, yeah. But, like, no. At this point, like, Angelus is pissed. Yeah. Um, so, but he... Pissed, but pragmatic. Because he's like, you know what? We're gonna... We're going to go visit an old friend and get some info. Um, so the next day at school, Buffy and Willow are taking their exam. Um, and a, a vampire comes into the classroom and uh, is all, all like covered and is all like, um, you... It'll happen tomorrow yeah, night. Or, yeah. Or tonight. Come or everyone's gonna die. Basically. Yeah, and, and then she bursts into flames. Yes, um, and you kind of wonder, like, what do you, what do you, as the teacher, what do you do after that? You just uh, exams canceled. 
Maybe it's a really hard ass teacher who's like, I don't care. Back in your seats. Finish your exam. No talking. I'll give you two gather, extra minutes. Gather yourselves. I'll give you two extra minutes to make up that time that that person exploded in it during. But that's it. <laughs> if, if it was Principal Snyder, that's exactly oh, what absolutely. Um, they, um... Buffy is determined to go fight Angel yeah. if, for nothing else, it gives Willow the time to do the ritual. Mm-hmm. And um, also, she wisely says, if he's fighting me, he's not killing anybody else. Right. So there is logic to this because Angelus has been on a bit of a rampage lately. And Buffy wants to stop that. Yeah. And we, um, she's also, it seems like she's kind of come down in, uh, on this debate on whether to reinsult Angel. She kind of comes in kind of a middle ground. Um, She basically is like, I'll go fight him. And if I have to kill him, I'll kill him. It's a contingency. Yeah. To her. Like, if... And, oh my god. uh, I, I, I forgot to mention, like, another one of the things that Xander said that really pissed me off. Um, I alluded to it, but, like, when he says that, uh, like, you want to ignore, uh, Mrs. Calendar's death. Miss Calendar's death so you can get your boyfriend back. Fuck him. Like, like, I, and I, I love that Buffy... I think that's where he outs himself, was what it's Yeah, I love that Buffy has the prudence to say, like, this is another way. This is, like, another way for us to stop him. Yeah. But she also says, like, I'm not... She's not she may not back. she may not mean it, but she says like I'm not going to let him get away with this even if I have to kill him. Yeah. Um and it makes sense. Like um and they don't even know if the ritual's going to work too. Like um they um she goes, Kendra wants to go with her, but Buffy asks tells Kendra to stay to protect the rest of the group. Um and uh, also, this is I, where we get started, yeah. Yeah, also, um, we skipped over uh, something, I think, uh, like when Buffy's like grabbing steaks. And, oh, yeah, so it's like right after the blow up in the library, and uh, Buffy's on the phone with Willow, and she's like, Yeah, I know Xander's being a Willow, where'd you <laughs> learn that word? What do you think Willow called him? Cocksucker. Okay. <laughs> um,. I I think it was some variation of the word fuck, but like in a cutesy willow way. Like, <laughs> he's a dumbo fuck. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's something really nasty. Like maybe even going so far as to say like, see you next Tuesday. Because mm-hmm. um, that, that's clearly like something that you could call somebody that like they could not say on tv but they could yeah. allude to um i mean the same thing with cocksucker but um i don't know i think it's probably like one of those two maybe something else like even worse but maybe it wasn't even that bad maybe maybe it was just i don't like, know buffy does say like you kiss your mother with that mouth. Maybe, maybe but maybe just whatever she said was just like really bad by willow standards <laughs> she called him a a darn jerk. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Buffy is um, is like grabbing steaks, and as she grabs them, she finds the ring, oh, the clotter yeah. ring, and uh, you get that 
you get those chords mm-hmm. or you get it's a flute this time it's right yeah yeah i pointed that out in the episode <laughs> luckily john was there to verify that yes. but uh the buffy angel theme uh it's so pretty close your eyes um i it's not listed as as close your eyes in under the music i've got as angel becomes cursed devil's child massacre and show me your world um, I don't think it becomes, like, full-on close your eyes until the next episode. Okay. Um, but, yeah, like, you get to hear a variation of that, like... And you know those feelings are still there. Mm, absolutely. Like, and I know that there's probably a part of Buffy that is hoping that the reinsolment mm-hmm. happens. Uh, there's also... I, you kept, I, I kept laughing while you were telling your bit, not because that's funny, but because I was thinking of um, when she goes off to fight Angel... Kendra gives her her lucky steak. Yep, Mr. Pointy. She calls Mr. Pointy. <laughs> and Bobby's like, you named your steak. We need to get you a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got loot crate for a while. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get too many Buffy items in that. Loot crate is like one of those monthly subscription services. It's like kind of one of the earliest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the one that kind of made it. Like that, yeah, idea, and like, idea. yeah, and each one came, like, each box came with like random little doodads, like concerning like nerdy stuff, and I was really excited when they said they were gonna have like a Buffy item in there, and it turned out to be a Mister Pointy bookmark, uh, um, which I love it is a lot cooler. It sounds a lot cooler <laughs> than it actually is because it's. I'll have to show it to you sometime, but it's like. It's very not um, not reasonable to use as a bookmark mm. um, unless you have like something with really thick pages, uh, a book with like really thick pages or something like that. And I, most of my stuff is paperback, so yeah. it's more of just kind of like, oh, I want to keep it, but I can't use it for its intended purpose. Um, another very important thing that happens—not very important, but just really fun—when they're gathering the materials. Um, Willow's like, I have everything I need except an orb of Thessala. And Giles is like, oh, I've got one. I've been using it as a paperweight. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a callback to um, the magic shop owner when Jenny buys her orb of Thessala, says that most people just buy them to use as fancy Fancy paperweights. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, this is fun. Yeah. Um, Buffy goes to confront Angel mm -hmm, at the cemetery. And they're fighting. Yep. I do say, though, like, Angelus has this really funny bit where he's like, I don't want to, I didn't come here to fight. I want us to get back I want us to get back together. You think I got a shot? All right, let's fight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, While this is, while she's fighting Angelus, though, um, back at the library, uh, they're attacked. Um, Willow is in the middle of the restoration uh, ritual. And then, like, but then all of a sudden, like, Xander gets hit first. It happened. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, when I was watching the episode the, the, 10 years ago for the first time, I remember being like, oh, my God. Like, this was, it really took me by surprise. But you think they're going to be okay because they have a Slayer there. Mm-hmm. Kendra is there. But they get hurt bad. Um, like, Giles is knocked out. Pretty badly. Giles is knocked out, and um, Xander, like, gets his hand broken. Yeah. His wrist broken. It, 
it's vi- like they sh- like you see it happen. Yeah, like he's, the vampire snaps it. It is, and uh, one vampire like Willow's trying to hide behind a bookcase, and a vampire like pushes the bookcase on top of her. It is. I mean, of all of the injuries they encounter, like I that one is the one that to me is the scariest. Like it, it looks. I mean, she's been fucking crushed under that thing. Yeah, and she goes down so hard and she's tiny she's such a little person yeah like, and, and i'm gonna give i can't believe i say this but <laughs> i am gonna give xander props because even with a broken wrist he still is able to like grab the vampire that he had been fighting and throw him onto the vampire that's about to attack cordelia yeah all right, you get one, you get one little badass moment that doesn't excuse the shit that you do this episode or the shit you do next episode. And she, um, Cordelia, just GTFOs. I mean, good for her. Yeah, like I mean, there's and, nothing uh, else she could have done. Other and than uh, that. yeah, and Kendra ends up just being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and uh, then the person who's behind this attack shows up, and it's Drusilla. Um, so before we get into Drusilla, Giles gets knocked out. So I feel yeah. like um, it's important that we uh, update our count. Um, and I forgot, we actually didn't include a, our uh, passion when we... We didn't talk about this when we were doing passion. Giles got, gets knocked out there. So we are now at one... Two, this is the ninth time Giles has been knocked out. Um, so go get an x-ray of your <laughs> brain. A CAT scan. Um, um, poor Giles. So yeah, Drusilla enters, and it's kind of a badass entrance. She's like, she's in charge. Yeah, she, like, um, it's it's very strange to see her like this focused. Oh yeah, because normally like she's either like Angelus or Spike's like side piece or whatever. Yeah. Um, so she to see her like in charge, yeah. So to see her like actually like tell the other vampires to back off mm-hmm. so that she can fight Kendra one on one. Yeah pretty badass we don't see drusilla fight very often in fact this is the first time we've seen drusilla fight and it's her fighting style is interesting it's very kind of clumsy like a little bit it's, it's revealed that her real weapon is hypnosis yeah it, it her fighting style works so well for the character like, yeah um because she's it comes across as a person who doesn't have to fight very often so she's not as polished as maybe um, as as maybe the others we've seen, but yeah, she manages to subdue Kendra and hypnotizes her. Which um, I think the only other vampire we've seen do that um, was the Master. Yeah, um, and that's a in in vampire lore typically a pretty common vampire power. Yeah. Um, but it seems it, like in the Buffy yeah, verse it's actually pretty rare. Yeah, it um it obviously happens in Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um also uh the um in Vampire Diaries, uh every vampire has the ability of persuasion. Mm-hmm. Um the only way to resist it is uh is to use this herb called uh vervain. Mm-hmm. Um and uh one of the characters actually gives Elena a um, a necklace that has vervain in it, and that's why. Uh, and it leads to like some really like really cool uh, moments. Um, but I think one of the craziest things, like uh, in season two of the Vampire Diaries, and I may have mentioned this before, <laughs> um, they introduce like 
up to this point, you see, like, vampires are super strong, super fast. They can, like, persuade you to do things. They're, like, these really powerful beings. Then you meet an original vampire. And I think, like, one of the craziest moments is when an original vampire persuades a vampire. Mm. And, like, you just kind of, like, think, holy shit. <laughs> also, a guy gets his head slapped off. Slapped? So, yeah. No, like... No, like, uh, like the first episode that Elijah's in, there's this vampire that, like, did a shit job of capturing Elena. And he's like, no, like, I promise everything went well. Elijah just slaps him <laughs> and his head comes off. I love that. I, like, I'm sorry for spoilers for Vampire Diaries, yeah. but, like, I just remember I was so happy that I was watching that with Ben the first time I saw it. Because I was like, holy shit. That's hilarious. I, um... I, I I've been planning on watching the the show anyway, but you just like moved it up a couple slots. No, dude, like <laughs> I need to actually get back and watch the whole thing. I I got through about uh, four seasons um, right before the spinoff, the original started. But goddamn, this that show is um, like Ben has said it, and I'm gonna like reiterate what he says. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I think it is the most worthy successor to the Buffyverse nice. that has come out pretty much since the Buffyverse. Okay. Bold claim. Hey, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stand by it. I, I think that show's great. Also, it's on the CW, so there are plenty of attractive people to look mm-hmm. at. Is any other network like that consistently no. good at hiring attractive people? No. it's like I think it's like in the contract. Like If you're not attractive... <laughs> You're going to die in the episode that you show up in. Um, so, she hypnotizes Kendra. She says, be in my eyes. And then she cuts Kendra's throat. Just one quick flash of her fingernail. Which is, um, it's also like a message to Buffy. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. yeah, they didn't use her for food. They she they just her killed there. her, yeah. Um, and also, I, yeah, definitely is a definitely a message for her. But also, I mean, it, it's important that Kendra is also a Slayer. I mean, I think we're supposed to have that feeling of this could be you. Yeah, and also, um, also, it's very interesting. I don't know if like uh, it may not have been revealed at this point. Slight spoiler alert: um, they do reveal in season three that the blood of a Slayer is more is more potent, more mm. powerful than the blood of a normal human being. Have they done that in the show yet? No. Okay. Um, so I don't know if Drusilla is aware of that. I mean, but if she had like drunk, if she had, um, had drunk, uh, from Kendra, then she would have been like supercharged. Yeah. But she doesn't, they got yeah. what they came for and they take they Giles. Came, they came for Giles. Um, and at the same time as Buffy is fighting Angelus, he says like, oh, it was never about you. And like, so she starts right away. He's like, and you always mm-hmm. fall for it. Which like, is a reference to, um, when she was bad. Yeah. Where the exact same trick is pulled on her. Um, and, um, they, she runs in, she rushes. This is the, to me, like, I'm, I'm getting kind of chills. Um, the part, one of the parts that always, when I think about this episode, I always think about Buffy, the angel, uh, Buffy love theme is playing. Yeah. Buffy. Slow is, motion. Slow motion running into the school in that blue jacket. 
Yeah. Uh, finds Kendra's body, and um, as as this is happening, and she's like, you can, she is mourning for Kendra, like when she finds her body, um, and while she's while she's uh, while this is happening, Whistler's monologuing uh, voiceover says, "Bottom line is." Even if you see him coming, you're not ready for the big moments. No one asks for their life to change. Not really. But it does. So what are we? Helpless? Puppets? No. The big moments are going to come. You can't help that. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you find out who you are. And as Buffy Buffy is kneeling over Kendra's body, a gun shows up on screen Mm -hmm. and they say, uh, freeze. Freeze. Yeah. Blackout. To be continued. And then uh, over the the final, like the first title credit page before the music parts, you just hear Whistler say, you'll see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the episode, Harrison really wanted to watch I the know. next part. I, I, and I, I did I too. Chills. Literally, we, the episode ended and I was like, I, I don't want to go record. I want to watch <laughs> the next episode. Um, but and, you know, we, originally... We, 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 want, had, we were talking about doing uh, Becoming as one big episode yeah. but when we get to big episodes these episodes are long yeah um we i mean we're at a, a little like under an hour and a half right now um and but I, the stuff that I, I i mean you probably have stuff to say but you know <laughs> i have stuff to say with these being my favorite episodes yeah. oh yeah um like we're gonna probably run long next week. Yeah, gonna I, give if, you that if heads we had up. Done a, if we had done two episodes or one episode for both episodes, it'd be like three hours long. Yeah, probably um, even longer. So we're talking Irishman length here. <laughs> um, but worth it. So, um, so yeah, that that is becoming part one. Um, five out of five. Um, five out of five dead museum curators. I'm not even me. gonna like say. I'm not even gonna throw like a joke on there because mm-hmm. um, I'm not. I'm not giving <laughs> you shit for throwing a joke. I'm just saying like five out of five. Anything yeah. like this. And even though Buffy may not be my absolute favorite TV show, um, I think it is. Uh, it is like, if not my number one, then my number two slot of my favorite TV shows. Um, I will say that. I think becoming parts one and part two are my favorite episodes of television. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They like, are, they are so good. Um, and, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of like episodes that even come close in other shows. Um, maybe, uh, my favorite Star Trek episode, balance of terror. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Hannibal season two finale. Oh, um, God damn. Yeah. Uh, those are like the only ones that I can even think maybe even come close. Uh, oh, God. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like a Game of Thrones episode that comes close. Uh, I mean, for me, like maybe Watchers on the Wall. Watchers of the Wall, I think, might be my favorite Game of Thrones episode. Yeah, but, but even, even then, like, like, yeah, it's. And, like, which is saying something because, like, they had a lot bigger budget than Buffy yeah. did. Um, God, also, like, uh, go back to Star Trek, like, in the in the pale moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's good. Uh, yeah. Um, Onyx from Smallville. Oh, 
God, it's just like this is up there among the best, mm-hmm. and I like put it above all those other episodes. Yeah, it's it's so good, and it's it, it's one of those things that really kind of established like what kind of stories you can tell mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah, um, because like we're so used to like the epic stories happening in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, uh, obviously I love arc storytelling in TV shows and this kind of like, I, this kind of set a bar for me on like what a TV show is capable of. And I think the only things to have like changed that bar since I first saw this in college is, um, when I watched Hannibal and Leftovers at the same time. Oh wow. That's an emotional journey. No, like (laughs) it really was like, I was watching... I was watching Hannibal with my friend while we were both unemployed and uh, and um, like I was watching that together with him and we got through like we we were like pretty much binging Hannibal because we could not stop watching yeah. it and at the same time I was watching The Leftovers and those like seeing those two at the same time like really changed like oh my gosh you could tell so many amazing stories on TV, like even more than I thought. But like, yeah. Buffy was the initial bar. Like, becoming parts one and part two are the initial bar. And I mean, I'm sure there are like things that people will like cite. There are episodes that people love more mm-hmm. than these two, but these two are always going to be special to Different. me. Like, and when we were having like that marathon of our favorite Buffy episodes, like, mm-hmm. like I know it's a two parter. And I know it's going to wreck everybody when we watch it. <laughs> but it did. We, but we got to watch this. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Um, do you have a drinking game for this week? Um, I guess take a drink anytime they say become. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say um, take a drink. Anytime Willow is not putting up with other people's bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I, I was going to say, there's not really a lot of any... I mean, there is some, like, trivia and stuff, but it a lot of it relates to... Yeah, it's really hard episode. to have any, like, closing stuff because, like, we've still got the next episode. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, guys. So excited. Um, I hope there are some of you who are watching Buffy for the first time and then like watching or listening to our episodes right after you watch that episode so for those of you who are just about to watch becoming part two for the first time i'm super jealous of you yeah but i i want to say be ready but it's kind of hard to be ready um just Just prepare yourself to feel all the feels um yeah it's gonna be good um this episode uh won an emmy it did? Uh, it won an Emmy for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series, Dramatic Underscore. Cool. So, um, Buffy was constantly um, uh, overlooked at the Emmys, um, and I think in some... Genre shows typically are. Typically are. Um, honestly, the only genre show that I can think of that really like managed to get some Emmy love was The X-Files. Pre-Game um, of Thrones. Pre-Game of Thrones, of yeah. course. And then, and even then, those were usually acting awards. I do think it won best uh, or outstanding drama. Series. I think it did for like season 
four or five? Maybe? Um, I mean, season four is the best season of the X Files, so that would make sense. Uh, but I know Gillian Anderson won at least one outstanding lead actress in a in a drama series. Um, yeah, it's really sad that um, like sci-fi shows didn't get a lot of notice. Um, it's frustrating. Like uh, Battlestar Galactica should have been nominated for something besides like I'm assuming they got nominated for technical awards. Yeah, but it should have been nominated for something. Um, it's harder to make an argument for Stargate, even though I really love Stargate. So, um, it was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, uh, The X-Files was, in 95, uh, and ni- 96, and 97, uh, it's a- it's several times, but it never won. Okay. But Julian Anderson Now, I think Star Trek The Next Generation may have been nominated for Best Drama once. Possibly. And it might have been season three because that ended with the best of both worlds. Mm. Um, I try to think like the only other drama show or, or like sci-fi fantasy show genre show um, that I can think of uh, was um, Tatiana Maslany's win for oh, um, for Orphan Black. True Blood actually got nominated one year for best drama. Well, that's but it was also to me. but it's also on HBO. <laughs> Yeah, um, and obviously more modern stuff. We're yeah, seeing that gives that. you like if you're on a premium channel, that gives you a leg up. Yeah, we're we're and we're seeing that. Um, we're we're seeing we're seeing that change, especially with Game of Thrones being the big one, but also Westworld. Yes, has received a lot of notice. Um, Stranger Things. So obviously that gap is not. Um, not as bad as it has been in the past, but it is, um, it's still there. You know, there's still, and not just in, um, not just in, in film or in TV, but also film. Yeah. Um, honestly, the one place where like every genre gets, seems to get like equal love is, uh, in theater for the Tonys, like comedy, drama, Sci-fi, fantasy, history, history, like whatever you are, fair game. And of course, there's a lot less competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've only got however many Broadway theaters there are, but... It is interesting to see like, uh, oh, something like Hamilton can win Best Musical, but also Book of Mormon can win Best Musical, and uh, Hadestown can win Best Musical, and like Beetlejuice the Musical can get nominated. Yeah. Um, so Next Generation received one primetime Emmy nomination its entire run, and it was in 94 for Outstanding Drama Series. Okay. But it was nominated and won several, um, creative arts Emmys okay. for, like, costume design and, you know, all, all of that stuff. So, Do you know what season was they got nominated? Uh, 94, that would have been, um, it's... a later season. Um... Ninety four, so that would have been. That's like season. Uh, that's the last season. Or si- really? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Season seven ran ninety three to ninety four. So. Okay. So I, I wonder if that was maybe a sentimental uh, maybe. nomination. I know it didn't win. <laughs> no. It didn't win. <laughs> um. All right. Um. Anything? Anything else before we sign off? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with the coming part 
two. Uh, we'll do our best to be ready for it. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at. Uh, and I've been giving like my wrong. I've been giving the wrong handle lately. Oh, you yeah. have? Yeah, it's a <laughs> uh, well, like it's. It's actually just Yami J. It's not Yami J three five seven. I thought it was. Uh, it might still be for Instagram, but like you've been tagging me and stuff on Twitter, and it's just at Yami J. So <laughs> Y A M I J A Y. Um, sorry about that. I know so many people have been like lining up to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> if you have been, now you know exactly where to look. Very nice. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter Harrison Kaufman. C-O-F-F-M-A-N. No, I'm Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot you, to take Ben out of the... Uh, you can find us <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. That is uh, and spelled out A-N-D. Um, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. You can also find us on YouTube. We will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we cannot talk about on the podcast. Um, also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This is our first, um, this is our first episode that we recorded in February. Uh, we recorded Go Fish in February. Okay, so it's our second. Um, yeah, this is our second one. But uh, February is uh, Black History Month, mm-hmm. and uh, so this week we're highlighting the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. The NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund is America's premier legal organization fighting for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, LDF seeks structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise uh, for, of equality for all Americans. LDF also defends the gains and protections won over the past 75 years of civil rights struggle and works to improve the quality and diversity of judicial and executive appointments. Visit www.naacpldf.org for more information. Yes. And in today's climate, more important than ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, till next time, go slay. And be gay. Bye.